Amen, church. Good evening. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this evening. I want to thank those for the, uh, that are in attendance tonight here in, uh, here in the church building. And I want to thank those of you who have tuned in from home. Um, and uh, those that are maybe listening in on their radio or whatever it may be, I just want to thank you again for, for joining us this evening, joining CRC on another Wednesday night Bible study. Um, but right now, while I have you standing, um, let's, just, let's just say one more quick word of prayer. I know we spent 30 minutes in prayer, but I just want to, I just want to ask the Lord to, to bless the, the second part of this message. Amen. So where you are, if you just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we again, we thank you, Jesus, for just another day, Lord God. Um, Lord, let, let us be thankful for the small things, Father, because, Lord, it's those small things that we take for granted, Lord. And, Lord, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Lord, for blessing me, for allowing me to wake up this morning, giving me a place, Father God, that I can go and work out um, the financial means, Father God, for, for my home. Because, Lord, I prayed one day, Lord, that you would bless me with those things. And, Lord, it may not have happened when I asked for it, Lord, but you gave it to me in your time, Lord. And I thank you for that because there was a process to it all, Lord, and you've, you've developed me and you continue to work on me, Father, and I will continue to receive your, your teachings, Lord, and, and in your due season, Father God, I know that just like me, Father God, my brethren will be blessed as well, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you for, again, another evening full of your presence, full of your spirit, Lord, and we just glorify you and magnify you this evening, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm not going to open up with the word immediately i'm gonna do a little recap of um part one of rejection is our benefits you may take your seats Um, we will cover some scripture today uh, but like i said i want to do a little recap for maybe those of you who are tuning in for uh for the second part and maybe didn't catch the first part and um, if you want to hear the full message you know where to find it our crc app has many um teachings many preachings from many of the speakers that have been behind this pulpit uh, many that have had the privilege to be behind this pulpit like myself. And I encourage you to go back to our app and view those messages, amen, and listen to them because uh, it's these messages that come from God, amen, that uh, help, again, develop us and help create in us a spiritual man. And amen. one of the things that I, t- uh, that I spoke about when I touched on lesson one uh, of rejection is for our benefit was that God is... Is, is purposely in a, working in us a, a spiritual man. He, is, he also does want us to have a natural life here on earth, amen. And he knows we need to operate in this natural fleshly body. But in that time, he's also developing in us a new man, a new creature in Christ Jesus, amen, and in us a spiritual being. So everything that you're taught from behind this pulpit is to help you grow spiritually. Amen. Our goal here as uh, speakers and, and how Christ uses us is so that every one of you can grow spiritually. Amen. Because you can get a lot of natural teachings from anywhere outside of a church building, but it's the spiritual growth. And that is where the fruit comes from. And that is what God's intentions are with every one of the lessons that he teaches us. Amen. So I just want to recap again um, what happened in part one. Amen. So um, this obviously is going to be part two with rejection is for our benefit. And, uh, and as we continue, again, to peel back the layers of the onion of rejection, amen, if any of you are uh, ever worked in a kitchen scene or a, keech- uh, a kitchen or maybe just on a barbecue island or whatnot, and you've got an onion and you've cut it and you look at the center of an onion, it's got many layers that, that makes up an onion, amen. So um, I, I look at rejection as there are many forms, of rejection. There are many forms, there are many layers to rejection. Not every one of them means the same thing. Not every one of them has purpose uh, in, in what, uh, the same purpose for it. It all has a different um, lesson in it. Amen. I, I always say, like Pastor mentioned, that sometimes we hear the word rejection and we think of it as, as something bad or uh, as something negative. It has a negative connotation to it. But I mentioned to him, when I hear God say no, I hear maybe later, or I hear later, All right, maybe not right now, but later, later as in when you're ready for it, later as in when I prepared you for it, later when I have done everything I need to help develop in you a spiritual man or a spiritual woman, amen, so when God is 
done his work in you, then he can begin to bless you with some of those things that maybe you have prayed to him about. Maybe those things um, that you have asked him for in that prayer closet. Maybe some of those things that you've gone to, again, maybe your leadership in the workplace or, or some form of leadership and you presented an idea and it was shut down at first. Amen. God is saying, it will happen in my time. Just be patient. And that's the hardest thing for us to do, right? Because like Pastor mentioned, we're, at a, we're in a time, uh, you know, this day and age where everything has to be immediate, right? If it isn't social media that gives you an immediate view or immediate look into someone's lives, it's everything else that we expect right now. I'm not waiting. If you don't give it to me, I'm leaving. And shame on us if we say that to the Lord, amen? Because the Lord knows better. And when we are rejected by the Lord or we are rejected by someone else, it's because it's in God's will. And God is saying, don't worry, it will happen in my timing. And I'm rejecting you at this time, or I allowed that rejection from someone else to happen because it's for your protection and it's for your benefit. So we have to look at things through the eyes of God, amen? Amen. So let me kind of reiterate on what took place in lesson one. Um, First, I covered the condition of the heart. Amen. And I touched on in Mark 7, um, I kind of covered all of Mark chapter 7 for many of you that, like I said, that listened or that tuned in. And if you didn't, I I encourage you again to go back so you understand everything that I'm going, that I'll be teaching today and how it continues. Um, But we covered the condition of the heart. Amen. And when the Pharisees had questioned Jesus as to why the disciples didn't wash their hands and rejected the traditions of the elders. So the Pharisees approach Jesus and they say, Jesus, why don't your disciples follow the traditions of the elders? Why are they defiling things by not washing of their hands? And they began to make accusations that the disciples that had been taught by Jesus, you know, they were, they, these disciples were taught by Jesus, were choosing to do things that defiled the things that they touched because they skipped over the washing of the hands. Amen. And Jesus kind of flips the script on them. And that's the one thing I love, right? Because this, this, this all ties to a form of rejection, and I'm going to get to it. So, but Jesus schools them on their very own traditions, and that it's what comes from within the man and the woman that defiles the spirit, amen? It's not necessarily what's on the outside, because everyone knows that the Pharisees, let's face it, back in that time, um, you know, uh, how can I say, uh, they, they would put on a, a facade, amen? Like, look at me, I'm very spiritual, look how I dress, look what I do, do as I do because of things that I say, all that and whatnot, and they would hold people accountable. But it was the outer appearance and the things that happened on the outside that they were more concerned about. And what Jesus is trying to teach them that it's, it's more about what comes from within, amen? It's, I want to know that, uh, do I qualify you because of how you look on the outside or do I qualify you by by the heart, amen, by by the way your heart is, amen, do you have a good heart, do you have pure intentions, amen, or are you only worried about what's on the outside, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be modest in our Christian values and our Christian morals, I do believe that we do need to take that into consideration, but we can't be so fixated on the outside and the facade that anybody, anybody can put on, and not worried about what's really coming from within the heart, amen. Amen. So Jesus reminds them and, uh, and us, amen, that it's when we reject the commandments of God, amen, for the traditions of man. So we can remain in control. The biggest thing was they wanted to remain in control of what we can and can't do, amen. That's what the Pharisees were, were clinging to. And, and, you know, in other words, they wanted to re- remain in control of the traditions of elders and, and the things that they were taught, and they didn't want to have to submit unto, uh, under Jesus Christ. Amen. Because it's a condition of the heart. Anytime that we are are asked to submit to the Lord, amen, you have to first have the right kind of heart, amen, because you just don't submit to anybody or anything. And the Lord is going to check your heart. So before the Lord can can give you some of those things that maybe that you're asking for in prayer, like I said, or maybe some of those things that you feel are, are good for you, amen, why would the Lord not want something good for me, amen? And he may be somewhat um, uh, giving you a sense of rejection and you feel it in your heart and you begin to, to feel resentment and you build some of that up, the Lord says, look, look, look I, I want to do this for you, but your heart isn't in the right place right now. If I give you this, 
your heart will continue to fail you, right? The man inside of you, the fleshly, fleshy part about you will begin to fail you and fail what I blessed you with, and you'll no longer be a good steward of it. So, so God wants to make sure first and foremost that it's a condition of the heart, and I need to get your heart right. So I might reject you at this time. Someone might have rejected your idea. You might have felt that something that you was good for you wasn't and, and, and was held from you and, you know, just wasn't the blessing that you asked for, you know, was wrong. But God says, I can't give you something until your heart is right. Amen. So it's, it's, it's from within. He's building, he's building your heart to become a, a new man, a new creature, amen, and be more spiritual and connected to him and not so much what's on the surface. Amen. amen? Amen. So submitting to the commandments of God and not the traditions of the elders with a heart that was after God's heart like King David and not to seek our own throne, our own will and our own ways. First, the fleshly heart must be willing just as the spirit. So before God can give us some of that things, I, I, I'm sorry, maybe some of those things you've been praying for, you've been asking for, amen, or uh, just whatever you feel is a good thing in your life, and you're like, why am I not getting this? I don't get it. I've been praying every night. I've been praying every day. I've been asking the Lord. I've been doing everything I think that God wants me to do. I, I think I've been putting my life in, in order, right, according to God, right, God first in all things, and I'm just not getting these things that God is, that I've been um, just kind of presenting to the Lord at his throne every day day or that uh, you know in my workplace I've been putting so much work effort in doing the right things there and I don't get it I, I'm not getting those promotions uh, maybe in your relationships you know you're doing all the right things and you feel like you know I'm not going anywhere in my relationship I feel like I'm spinning my wheels and God says you know again just just be patient be patient I'm working in the background amen I'm working in the background and and when your heart is ready for it I'll give it to you but be patient later it's not a no it's later. And again, the way we'll know it's not a no is if you check it against the word of God. Check your request and that demand or that thing you're asking for with the word of God. Does it go against God's will? If it does, then you know it's not good for you. And you know God is not going to give it to you. Amen? Amen. So let's get into the second part that I taught on. Um, the second portion of rejection, right? So first, before God can get us to a point of of, uh, of allowing things to happen in our lives. Um, he will reject us if our heart is not right, if our heart is not in the right place, amen? So number two I covered last, uh, last lesson was uh, when we learn of the Syrophoenician woman, amen, who was first rejected by Jesus, um, but through persistence and faith the size of a mustard seed, amen, she was able to get Jesus to cast out the demon from within her daughter by insisting that if she could just have the crumbs that fell from the master's table, amen, it would be enough right? A little bit, it would be enough to remove this devil from her daughter's body. See, another one, another reason why sometimes we're rejected by, by the Lord is, uh, or by others is because we feel like we need it all. I need everything, amen? I need everything at this moment, at this time. And this woman was so persistent, even after she was rejected by the Lord himself, she said, Lord, if I could just get the crumbs that fall from the master's table, if I could just, if I could just glean off of your children, Lord, just a little bit of that, that's all I need, and I know it'll work. And she was persistent. She was so persistent. She didn't give up on the first sign of rejection. How many of us give up on the first sign of rejection, amen? She persevered and reasoned with the Lord to move the hand of God. Right? So my point in here is when we're first rejected and we start to bury that first prayer or that first um, uh, um, you know, request to the Lord or to somebody, we put it away and we begin to bury it and we forget about it and we say, well, I didn't get it, so I'm not going to ask no more. It must not be the will of God. It must not be right. It must not, he must not want healing for my daughter. He must not want to cast out the devil. He must not want this for, um, for my family or myself. I would, I would ask you to never give up on your prayer, to be persistent. God is saying, do you have the faith, right? Before I, before I award this to you, when I give it to you, will you then honor it with faith, amen? Will you continue in your faith? Um, so he knows where we are, amen? Everyone knows. God knows where we are in our life. Sometimes we don't even need to ask him. We just need to go in a prayer and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have of me? But nonetheless, God knows where you are, and he knows what you need in your life, and he won't give you something that's going to harm you. So at times, he will reject you. Amen. And sometimes, like I said, it's the hardest thing for us to receive. Rejection is hard because it comes with a negative connotation. When somebody says no to you, immediately you feel like, uh, you know, you have no value. You have no worth. Um, your idea meant nothing or what you want to do has no purpose. Amen. But God knows better. Amen. God knows better. So I want to move on. 
I said, will you wrestle with God to get what you need, amen, and desire, or will you allow the first sign of rejection to shake your faith and cause you to waver as a double-minded man, amen? So we got to have faith. So the heart's got to be ready. Your faith has got to be strong, amen? We can't waver in our faith. We can't be double-minded. Then I covered another, another portion of ch- uh, Mark chapter 7 about the deaf and mute man, Amen. And this is where the Bible allows us to use our imagination a little more, right? It allows us to kind of understand maybe the scenery where this guy was, where this man was when Jesus went to him. Amen. It kind of allows us to freely use our mind and think about where the Lord may have have placed this man, why this man was there, maybe the condition this man was in. So it doesn't necessarily get down to the granular root of what exactly was the cause of of him being deaf and him being mute. But it does give us an opportunity to explore ourselves. Amen. So Jesus had to walk this man out of the town so that he could use a form of rejection by spitting to bring healing to this man. Jesus uses, Jesus uses his spit to restore this man's hearing and speech. Amen. So he restores it. It doesn't say that all of a sudden this man was now able to talk when he never could talk before or that he can hear when he never could hear before. It says he restores it so that allows us to know that this man at one point did have hearing and was able to speak. Amen. Amen. So was it the crowd? This is where the imagination, was it the crowd that the man surrounded himself with, right? Is it your crowd that has kept Jesus from opening a door for you? Has that rejection um, from whatever you ask the Lord for and you feel like the Lord has rejected you, I ask you and I urge you, look around you. Is it the crowd that you surround yourself with? Amen. Are you surrounding yourself with a crowd, amen, that is toxic? It's a toxic environment that this man had surrounded himself with, amen, and was listening. He was listening to this crowd, amen, and it caused him to lose his spiritual ears, that was one of the things that I thought it caused him to lose his spiritual ears and to lose his speech. And no longer could he bring life but death, amen, from his very tongue. So we got we to gotta understand that sometimes God's going to reject our request or the things that we're asking for because where we're placed at that time, where you maybe have placed yourself or even where God has placed you is, is, is a place that is surrounding. It's a really toxic environment. And God is just asking you just to, don't absorb it in, but look around you. Look at the needs of the others, right? Look at what, look at what, where I've placed you. I might have placed you like a sheep among wolves, but I know where I have you, amen? I know that where I have you is for a reason and for a purpose. And sometimes we've placed ourselves in an environment that's toxic. Sometimes we place ourselves and surround ourselves with people who are no good for us. They're no good for our spiritual growth. And God says, I'm not going to bless you with that. You can ask me for that prayer. You can, or you can ask me for this or that and the other, but I'm going to have to reject it until you can get yourself out of there. The good thing is, is that the Lord doesn't leave you there. The Lord went back to this man. He went and pulled this man out of the town. And the Lord, with the form of rejection, spits, and he then sticks his fingers in this man's ears. And then he also touches this man's tongue, and this man is able to speak again. So before God can give him his healing, God needs to make sure that you're removed from that toxic environment, amen? He needs to make sure that you, you are no longer going to be surrounded by that environment because that environment has closed your spiritual ears and you can no longer hear the voice of God. And it's also caused you to have a speech impediment, meaning you're no longer speaking life into people's, um, into individuals anymore. You're no longer speaking life into them. You're not speaking death. You're repeating the things that the naysayers are saying. You're, you're no longer speaking God's truth and God's commandments. Amen. So God says, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to reject that until I can remove you from that toxic environment. And when I do, then I'm, I'll bring that blessing. Amen. Then I'll bring that prayer. Amen. That thing that you maybe you have suppressed. I'll bring it to fruition, amen, and you'll now see it come to pass. But again, peeling back the, um, the layers, amen, pulling back the layers of rejection, the onion, amen, uh, that, that's what we're covering. There's different forms of rejection. There's different ways that are symbolic to rejection, like the spitting in, in, that Jesus uh, used here, amen, in, in Mark 7. And, and again, I said, it, it could have been, right? It could have been the townspeople, the naysayers that this man surrounded himself with. They could have began to discourage, uh, give him discouragement, amen, and, and resentment set in, like I mentioned earlier, amen, and he was no longer able to follow his father's commandments. Um, so before Jesus can, you know, move on our behalf or grant us a prayer, he must first reject our wishes and demands till we are no longer accompanied by the doubters and those with impure motives, amen. We, we got to make sure that we're not involved with that, amen. So w- before we think that 
you know, when God rejects me or somebody else is rejecting me or I didn't get what I thought was good for me or our door was never opened or our door was closed, um, you know, or, or just this good thing that I've been wanting in my life, I'm not getting it, I'm not receiving it, and I'm doing so much. We can't say that, that God can't do it, amen? We can't put God in that box. We got to believe, right? We got to have the right heart and understand if, if our motives are correct and are pure, amen? And we also got to have faith in the Lord, amen? And we got to have those spiritual ears, amen? And we got to speak life before God can bless, some of those, bless us with some of those things, amen. amen? So that's where I left off. In, in chap, and I should say not chapter one, but that's why I left off in the first uh, lesson of rejection is for your benefit. It's for our benefit. Amen. It's for me too. Amen. So everything that I've been speaking about, I've been taking to heart and I've been also applying this to my life and I hope that you'll do the same. So when you keep in mind the people that you surround yourself with, amen, and maybe the naysayers that maybe you do come across here and there, amen, and, and, and people that are like Pharisees, amen, those, those individuals that are just putting on a facade and all they really want is to, is to um, again, hold themselves at a certain um, status quo, amen, or a certain level like Jesus did, like Jesus was. You know, they want to see themselves as a godly figure. If, if you find yourself around there, then you got to remember what 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 tells us, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. We cannot be deceived by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and those that do not follow after God's true word, amen? We can't be deceived by that. And we got to make sure that evil communication is not coming from without our mouths and that we're not listening to it, amen? We got to have those spiritual ears that knows right away, hey, I'm not listening to that. I'm walking away from this. Or better yet, you have the best and you have the best sword to fight the enemy, and that's the word of God. Amen. You should be able to use the word of God when you're hearing that evil communication come across. You should be able to use that as spiritual warfare, amen, because evil communication corrupts good manners. But if you have the word of God in you, you can easily fight that. You can easily fight that spiritual warfare with the word of God. So you got to remember, be not deceived. Amen. Don't allow these individuals that maybe have, have found their way into your life or into your circle to deceive you and tell you that God is not going to do anything for you. Amen. Or that, or that, see, he rejected you. Amen. And see, so you wanted that position or you wanted this certain thing, right? And, and you didn't get it. That's because God don't love you. That's because God doesn't think you're valuable or God says you have no worth. Don't let people pump things into your head like that. Understand that it's evil communication. And that it's trying to corrupt the good manner that is in you. Yeah. It's, trying to corrupt, it's trying to corrupt the good spirit that comes from within you. And that is the spirit of God. Amen. So first, have the spirit your ears to hear your father. Amen. Hear him out and nobody else. Amen. Hear godly counsel. And if you're still not sure, then check it with the word of God. Because the word of God is right there for you. That is the best tool for you. The spirit of the, spirit of the Lord can, can guide you there. And, the spirit, and God's word itself can help you to, to dissect or what we like to call, um, you know, to rightly divide the word of God. Amen. So make sure you're using what God has given you as a tool. Amen. So um, I want to jump right into uh, part two. I didn't get to cover this. And, and I, and I want to I start with this scripture. Uh, so brother, if you could put on Mark 8. Um, uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. And this is where I want to start today's message where I hope to close and, and really uh, bring this uh, rejection uh, is for your benefit to a full understanding, amen? So we got some of those things out of the way that we covered in chapter 1. Uh, like I said, first, make sure your heart is right. Make sure your heart is in the right place. Make sure that when your heart is in the right place and you're asking for something that you will have the faith and that it will not waver, amen? And make sure that you have the spiritual ears to hear God when he's speaking to you. And make sure that what comes out of your mouth is bringing life to others, amen? Amen, because we, like I said, when, when, when we get rejected, when we're rejected by something, immediately we go into this defensive mode and we go into this negative, uh, negative atmosphere where, oh my God, you know, I, I don't, I'm not getting what I want, so I'm gonna boo-hoo, throw a fit, or I'm gonna stop serving the Lord, or I'm gonna stop doing things that are good for me and good for others. Amen. So, if you could, brother, put on Mark eight, um, uh, chapter uh, chapter eight, verses fourteen through twenty-one, and the Bible says this. It says, "Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread." 
Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. So they forgot to take bread, amen, from, from what happened before was that Jesus uh, fed the 4,000, amen, and there was, there was, he made bread, he, well, you guys know, Jesus, Jesus can provide a miracle anywhere, anytime, he can do anything, right? So he, he makes um, seven loaves into more, amen, he, he basically feeds 4,000 with seven loaves, so it's talking of that, and he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and, the, and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. They're thinking natural, physical. Amen. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, why reason ye? Because ye have no bread. Perceive ye not yet? Neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? He said, having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember, amen, what just happened, in other words? He said, when I break the five loaves, I'm sorry, I had quoted, well, actually, he's talking about another time. He says, when I break the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, 12. And when the, and when the seven among 4,000, speaking of the one that just transpired in Mark 8, another miracle, he said, and when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that ye do, not, ye do not understand? Amen. How is it that ye do not understand? So I told you guys when we first started both of these lessons that Jesus is trying to build a spiritual man in you. Amen. We can't always be stuck in the natural. And a lot of times we're rejected by God or rejected by something because God knows that if, you, if I continue to give you things and bless you things in the natural and it's going to move you away from a spiritual man, I'm not going to do it. Right. Amen. And God is trying to teach the disciples right here that how can you guys, do you guys not understand? What don't you understand? It's not about the bread. I can, I can make this crumb, God said. I can make this crumb into 50 loaves if I wanted, 100 loaves, 4,000. God can do anything, in other words. He, it doesn't, and in our eyes, we see a crumb or we see five or seven loaves like the disciples, and we're like, um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I, I don't know how God's going to do it. And God's like, guys, I can do anything I want. You can do anything that I called you to do. He's like, God said, I can, I can turn it in, but you're, you're so fixated on the natural that, that you don't understand that I'm looking for you guys to become more spiritual. You, you don't even understand that um, the, the miracles that I once already, uh, once, I once did, you've already lost sight of that. And you don't even remember that just a few, if you go back and read Mark 8, you'll see that just a, cha a few chapters before, um, chapter 7 and in chapter 8, all the miracles that Jesus does in front of these uh, disciples and in front of many others. And he's like, how do you guys not get it? I mean, I I've, done, I've done everything for you. I've done everything for you. I've done everything for others. I, I can do anything if I want to do it. He's like, but you guys are so fixated on, we, we don't have bread. Oh, we don't have bread. He must be talking about bread. He's like, no, I'm talking about the Pharisees. The, when he says, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, right? Leavening, I don't know if you guys know, but it has, it's a process that has to do with the rising of bread, amen? And God is speaking of spiritual. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Beware of the fake, the, beware of the phony. Beware of, of these things that are going to come from the Pharisees or those naysayers. They're going to try to entice you with the, uh, the leavened bread that they carry, right? But I am the unleavened bread, he said. I, I am the bread that does not have to put on this fake and phony front. I am the true bread. I am the true life. He's trying to teach him something here. He's like, how can you guys not understand? I've been doing everything for you. Amen. I've been doing so much in front of you to get, help you guys see that I'm in it. Anything can happen. Amen. And, and, and you guys don't understand that. And you guys, and I have to continue to teach you guys over and over and over. And how many times has God had to, had to do that with us? Right? We think that because God has rejected something or because God hasn't done something that he's going to, that oh, he, he won't make it happen. It won't happen. Amen. And that we, we, stand, we tend to lose sight and we no longer understand what God's trying to do because we're thinking so much naturally and not spiritually. Amen. So I, I, I say that to say this. Amen. If you if you go right back before if you go to Mark, if you go to Mark, um, if, I'm gonna go. So, I, he, what Mark starts to talk about, or I should say, the book of Mark starts to talk about, is that the Pharisees actually 
what they do is they, uh, they approach Jesus right after that miracle, right? And I'm going to go to that scripture real quick because I, I want you guys to understand where I'm at right now, where I'm, where I'm trying to get you. Hey, Amen. I, I don't want to lose you right here. So um, right before he, he tells them about how, how do you not understand, right? How do you not understand? Hey, Amen. Let me get the um, right version up here. And, and he tells them, uh, you know, I'm not getting the right version in here. I apologize. Um, might be internet connection. But nonetheless, um, what Jesus does in, in Mark 8 is, is he denies the Pharisees again. He rejects them. And I'm going to paraphrase this, okay? I'm going to paraphrase this. What he does tell them is this. The Pharisees approach him right as he gets off the ship. Amen. He gets off the ship of Damutha, and he's, and, he's, and, he's, and he's entering into the town, and the Pharisees approach him. The Pharisees, the Pharisees tell him, hey, Jesus, they say, give us a sign from heaven. Give us a sign from heaven, he tells, they, they tell Jesus. They didn't do this because they needed a sign from Jesus to, uh, to fall under submission to the Lord. Amen. They did this as a testing and the Bible says it, it plainly says it, that they test Jesus and say, Jesus, show us a sign from heaven. And Jesus immediately, immediately rejects them. Amen. He rejects them and says, you know, this generation, amen. He says, you know, uh, this generation wants to see signs, wants to see wonders and all this. He's like, but I'm not going to do it. He's like, I'm going to reject this for a minute. He's like, I, I've already showed my disciples, and I've showed many, and I've showed many others that have followed after me and that have come to hear me speak. I showed them what I can do, and 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 it, and it brings to mind saying, Have you asked God to show you a sign? In some of your prayers, maybe you're asking God, God, can you show me a sign? God, can you provide something for me? Can you provide a sign and a miracle right now, Lord? Can you show me? what I need to be doing. Can you show me and direct my past? And God says, no, I'm not going to show you a sign. Matter of fact, he's like, I've already done enough for you. He's like, I've done enough. Why is it that you want to see a sign? Why don't you see that in the mirror you're a sign yourself? Why don't you see that what I've done for you already is enough? And we need to get to a place where we're not asking God, hey, God, can you show me a sign? God, can you do this for me? God, can you do that for me? We need to get to a place where we understand how the disciples weren't understanding. We need to get to a place where, where you already know that I'm going to take a step forward. I'm going to take a step in the right direction because my intentions are pure. Amen. My intentions are pure. My heart is right. Amen. I have faith the size of a mustard seed, Jesus. And I know, I know that I know that I know that your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays. Amen. And I know that I've been inclined to hearing the Lord because I'm in prayer. Amen. I know that I've been listening to the Lord, and I know that I've been hearing the Lord speak to me because it, it just, it just it burns, that fire burns from within you. And, and God's already worked on you enough to where you're speaking clear, amen? And God says, why do I got to show you a sign? You know what you need to do. Just take that step forward. I'm not going to show you that sign. He's going to reject it. He's going to say, I just want you to take a step forward and understand that you know who I am, that you know that greater is, in, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, yeah. meaning that I am greater than he that is in the world, and I live in you, and that I shouldn't have to show you a sign. And if I show you a sign, is it because if I don't, you're going to say, well, God didn't show me a sign, so I know it's not my time to move. God didn't show me a miracle, so I know it's not my time to move. I might as well wait. Is it, is it giving us an opportunity to push off what God has called you to do? Amen. Has that re God, God says, I'm going to reject it because I need you to understand that all you got to do is take that step. That's all you got to do is take that step. Don't allow those things that you've been asking for to stop you from taking a step toward my goodwill, God says. He says, I want to do it for you, but I'm not going to continue to give you a sign. I'm not going to continue to give you something from heaven. He goes, you are my sign and my gift from heaven. I created you in my image, amen? If you would just look at what I've done with you, and you can take that step forward and understand that you are the miracle. You are the sign. I don't need you to ask for it anymore. Yeah. Just go upon what I've already done inside of you, amen? I've already given you a spirit that is above all means that you will ever need. All you need to do is act on it, amen? Yeah. Just take the step forward. I'm going to reject that sign that you're asking for just like the Pharisees did. And I'm not saying you're a Pharisee. All I'm saying is 
is that sometimes we can get caught up in asking for a sign or asking for a miracle from God. And God is saying, you are that sign. You are that miracle. Amen. Amen. And I need you to understand that. It's not a matter of I show it to you and you move. It's a matter of you move, I'll work on your behalf. And that's what God is trying to say in this part. This is what he's given me to give to you in a sense of returning, turning down your sign or that, or that miracle that you've asked for. When God says there's plenty of miracles if you just look around you. There's plenty of signs if you just look around you. I just need you to understand that in you is the living, bread, is the living water. Amen. In you is the bread of life. Amen. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want you to understand that the next thing you got to do is you got to understand. You got to have the knowledge and wisdom to, again, dissect or, or to rightly divide the word of God and understand when God is rejecting you, it's either for your benefit or it's for your purpose. And at this time, God is saying, your purpose is right there. I just need you to step into it. Just step into your purpose. I'm not going to show you another sign. Just step into it. Step into it and allow me to work in the background. Amen. I don't need to continue to show you a sign because you are my sign. You're everything that I needed and more. Amen. So you have value and you have worth. Don't let anybody around you tell you otherwise. Don't let a Pharisee come in and deceive you. Don't let anything come in that, like the Harads, amen, those, those people that kind of weigh you down and deter you from your true purpose. Step into it. God says, understand. Understand, just step into it. Just step into it. Amen? Yes. Amen. So I want to move on to one of the, uh, one of the, um, one of the uh, scriptures in Mark 8, uh, chapter, uh, chap- was chapter 8, uh, verse 22 and 25. So this is one of, the, one of the last miracles that Jesus does after he tells, um, you know, the, the disciples and everyone else, you know, basically, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you another sign. I'm not going to give you. You guys got to understand that what you need is right here in front of you is what Jesus is telling them. What you need lives inside you. Amen. What you need is right there. I need you to understand that because I can continue to do miracle after miracle or answer a prayer after prayer after prayer and after prayer. And a lot of times what we're asking for is not necessarily what we need. And Jesus is saying, I need you guys to understand that. I need you to understand that, that there's something working in the background. And although you may think that my rejection was for your, it was not for your good, it was to protect you and it's to keep you and it's to hold you because he goes, he goes after the one. Amen. He, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. He is our shepherd. Amen. Amen. And he guides us. Amen. amen. And this is what he does in this scripture. Mark, Mark 8, um, verses 20 through, uh, 22 through 25. And the Bible says this, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. Again, it says they. Amen. It says they brought him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, Jesus actually spits on his eyes this time, and put his, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. This is another miracle that happens right before uh, the scripture that I opened up with chapter one, uh, with um, lesson one. Jesus does one more miracle. He obviously does others, but I'm, I'm just talking about this, this chapter in, in general. Jesus does one more miracle for many to see. And this is where we kind of going to bring home uh, this rejection message, amen, and peeling back the layers of rejection, the onion per se. Um, one of the things that happens a lot with us is that we can begin to get scale over, scales over our eyes, amen? And we begin to be blinded, amen? Spiritual blindness, spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness and leaving us, uh, is leaving us and our rejected prayers for healing to, to we are able to keep our eyes focused on him, amen? So, so we, we, we begin to get this spiritual blindness by, again, if you look, this is another example of where Jesus uses our, a symbolic way of rejection by spitting on an individual, Amen. In chapter 7, he does the same, something similar. He doesn't exactly spit on the man, but he, do, he uses his spit, right, which is a symbolic, a symbolic way of rejection, uh, or symbolizes it anyway. Um, and, he, and he uses this to heal this man, just like he used it to heal uh, the deaf and, and, and speech impediment individual. Amen. He uses something similar. Amen. He does it again, in other words. So it goes back to us understanding who Jesus is and what he can do, right? Because Jesus can do a lot of things, amen? We all know that. 
Jesus does certain things a certain way for our, for, our, for our purpose and our benefit. A lot of times when we read the scripture, we take it for face value and we don't really understand what God is trying to, um, to say to us, amen, or what the, what the author was trying to say to us. But what God is trying to tell us here is that a lot of times he's going to reject some of the things that we do because we have spiritual blindness, amen. There is a spiritual blindness about us where we aren't seeing things, again, from a spiritual standpoint. We are seeing things from a very natural view, amen. We're not seeing things the way God sees them, amen. And one of the reasons why I feel that this man was blind, because it does say that he's able to describe these men are like trees, amen, that this man could see. He knew what it was. He knew what he was looking at, amen. But it didn't happen the first time, amen. He, this, was a, this was a time where it took a two-stage process, and it didn't happen the first time when, when, when Jesus, Jesus could have. We all know that, right? Jesus could have healed them on the first time. But Jesus did this in two stages for our purpose, the reader, amen, for us to understand that sometimes when we do look up and sometimes when we're looking in the natural, we're looking at it through our eyes and we're not looking at it through the eyes of Jesus. We're not looking at it through the eyes that are spiritual like our Lord, amen. So the Lord asks him, he asks him to, you know, what do you see? And the man says, I, I, I see uh, well, I mean, I see men as trees, amen? We could take that in a lot of different directions, right? Where did this man, where, did, where, where Jesus had this man placed, right, in this town? Was he surrounded by people where he looked at these men like they were, like they were giants, right, amen? Like, like I mentioned earlier, do you find yourself sometimes in a place where you're like, you know, I'm a sheep amongst wolves, or maybe you're a grasshopper amongst giants, Amen. This man saw trees, saw men as trees. And trees are huge. We know that. Trees could be huge. He looked at these men as if he was, um, you know, if he was nothing. Amen. He had no worth. Or, or maybe they, they pumped fear into him. Maybe it was the surroundings again. It goes back to our environments. Our, 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 the environments we're in toxic. And, and sometimes we could say, well, Lord, you have me here. And the Lord says, yeah, I put you there for a reason because I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to develop in you something. So you might have asked me at one point, you know, may I be removed from this situation? Just like when Jesus asked, could you remove that cup for me? Amen. But I, I have you there for a time for a reason. I have, I have you there so that you can understand that it doesn't matter that what's around you. It doesn't matter that they may be spiritual giants in your life or, 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 or you know, just just evil things around you or, or whatnot around you and that you're surrounded with that may impact what I'm trying to do with you because, again, greater is he that is in you, amen? And God says, don't worry, I heard your prayer and I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna show people that, you know, I am what I, who I say I am. I am the God in your life. And God shows up and he heals this man in two stages. He heals him. For, for, first, he, he places his, uh, his hands on, on the man's eyes, amen? And when he spits on him, he asks the man to look up, and the man says he only sees, he sees men as trees. Amen? Do you, do you find yourself in those places too sometimes where, where God is, you've asked God to remove you? Amen? God, can you do this? God, can you do that? And God says, no, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not going to, because right now this is building inside of you strength. This is building inside of you a spirit, right? A resilient spirit, amen? This is building inside of you something that I need to have built in you. So that way, when I do give you that blessing or when I do remove you from this situation, you're able and you have the capacity to obtain it, amen? So he, he looked up and said, I see trees, men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again on him, Jesus did, and his eyes. And, may, and this time, Jesus makes him look up, Amen? Jesus says, I want, I'm going to make you look up, amen, because th doesn't that happen to us sometimes, that we look around sometimes on our own, and we think, you know, oh, man, nothing's gotten better, and Jesus says, no, I need you to look up. Yeah. I need you to look up. Look up to me, amen. Keep your eyes fixated on me, amen, the author, and finish all the other things around you or that toxic environment that you might have put yourself in at that one time because I'm going to come back, and I'm going to remove you. I might not have removed you now. I might have rejected it at first, but I'm going to come back and remove you from it. And I will give you back your spiritual eyes. I will give you back your spiritual ears. I will put in you a good word, amen. And I will make sure that you're, you know your faith is strong, strong in me and that you can trust me if you would just understand what I'm doing, amen. Understand that the rejection was for your benefit and the rejection had a purpose and it had a meaning. And everything Jesus did was all because you had the right heart. Amen. Jesus knew that you had the right heart and he had to come back and get you and he had to come back and pull you out of your muck of sin. 
Amen. And a lot of times we don't know that. We don't know that God is doing something in the background and we want immediate, we want immediate fixes, amen, in our life. We want immediate answers. But God is allowing certain things to happen in our life and he's rejected things and he's allowed others to reject us so he can build in, build in us, amen, a new man, a stronger creature, somebody that can stand strong on the, on the word of God, amen, somebody that's not going to waver, amen, somebody that knows and how, how to rightly divide the word of God, amen. It, it, it's, it's for everybody benefit it's for your benefit so i ask you you know um to to think of those top those bullet points that i covered with you guys you know with first god wants to make sure first and foremost that your heart is right and for most of us our heart is right it's just the situations that we're in that allowed that that have have caused us to be you know filled with garbage and filled with a bunch of junk Amen. Filled with the naysayers and what people want us to think. Amen. And not what God wants us to think. And to continue to focus on your faith on the Lord. Amen. Faith in God. Faith in the Lord. Not faith in man. Faith in God. Put your faith in God. Amen. And continue to have the spiritual ears to hear. Amen. Listen to your Lord. Tune into him. You can't tune into what's around you all the time. You got to listen to God. Build your relationship with the Lord and make sure that what comes out of your mouth is speaking life into people, amen? It's speaking life to someone. It's helping them to get on the right track. It's helping them to get on the right path, amen? And that we got to understand that sometimes when it doesn't go our way, even though we've had all those other things, that it's still God working in the background. And even though he might have rejected us and he might not have showed us a sign, it's because he knows that inside of you, you got what it takes already. You just need to take the step. You just need to take the first step and allow God to push you forward. Amen. And then there's those times again, well, because of what we see, we get blinded. And God says, no, sometimes you got to have those spiritual blinders on. Amen. And you got to stop looking around you and you got to stop allowing all this stuff to kind of infiltrate itself and work itself into your body and into your mind and into your heart. And again, it causes you to not hear right and speak wrong. All these different things and understand and no longer rightly divide the word of God. You've got to understand that it's all those different senses and all those different things that God has been trying to, to build in you and strengthen, and strengthen in you. So that way, when he does give you that prayer or when that, that thing that you, that certain thing that you've been asking for is now given to you, you can be a good steward of it. Amen. Because God wants you to be successful in it. God wants you to do his will in your life. And he wants you to reach your purpose. Amen. And he wants you to live it out and fulfill it. And if we, and if we got all that other stuff around us, allowing us, uh, bothering us and, and just getting on our way, we'll never accomplish anything. Amen. We'll never accomplish it. So God says, hang on. Just hang on. I'm allowing this to build in you a new man, a new woman. Amen. I'm allowing this to build a spiritual being in you. Just let it do what it's supposed to do. Trust the process right? Because rejection is for your benefit. Rejection is for your purpose. Amen. He rejects us at times to protect us. If he just gave us what we wanted every time we asked for it, it would be harmful to me and you. Amen. So he makes, he's making sure that he's protecting you. Amen. So you get, again, we, we got to be, we got to be very mindful of what God is trying to do. Amen. And what, what maybe is happening in the background that we can't see because we just aren't meant to see it. Some things are the way they are because they, they, they are the way they are. Amen. So uh, if you remain, it, God says in John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So make sure that you abide in his word. Amen. Make sure that you abide in him. Amen. Because again, guys, I, I, I touched on things that, um, things that we go through, right? Uh, areas in our life where we're rejected. Amen. And we can allow resentment to build up and we can allow it to be a negative thing in our lives. Or we have a choice to understand that God is doing something in the background. Despite that it might not seem good for us or despite that we, we don't see that door open or, or that prayer granted or, or just some really hurtful things that happen in our lives. And we're like, God, how would you let, why would you let this happen, Lord? And God says, I'm, I'm doing something. There's a, bigger, there's a bigger plan for each and every one of you. And I'm doing something in the background. So um, when, when I say that, I say this, that before we get upset with God, understand that God was rejected first. We all know that. God was rejected first. He was first rejected. We didn't love God. He loved us first. Amen. All of us know that. We can say that right now that, oh, I love God before he loved me. God knew you before you were even in the womb. So we know that God loved us first because he, we, were a, we were an idea in his mind and he came to creation. Amen. We were created in his image. But I say that to say this, that God was first rejected and he was rejected for our benefit. And although it may seem hard, uh, it might seem harsh, 
Because we know what's about to take place this weekend within every church service across the world, amen, where we um, go into remembrance of the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, amen, our Savior. God was rejected for a reason. He allowed it to happen. Jesus Christ allowed this to happen. He allowed himself to be rejected. He could have fought it. He could have done many things to make sure that those to him, you know, the Roman soldiers, the Jews, everyone that despised him, everyone that rejected him. He did it for a reason, and that reason is so that we and you could have life and life eternity, life in abundance, so that we can make heaven our home. So I know it sounds hard sometimes when we think about the things that Jesus had to go through when he bared the cross and he was crucified, amen? But he was crucified for our benefit. God won that day. God, God, God had the victory, amen? Jesus had the victory. And although we may have the like rejections in some parts of our lives, amen, we got to know that at the end, we have the victory. Amen. And that rejection was for your benefit. And at the end of the day, what we're looking toward is a life after earth and a life in heaven, amen, a life of, of eternity, amen, with our Jesus Christ, amen, with our Lord and God and our Savior. So I encourage you to look at rejection from a different, a different view. Look at it from a godly perspective, and look what God is trying to do in that, in that time when he's rejected you. God is trying to build in you something stronger, something that can do much more, because if one door was closed, on that other, door, on that other side of another door is something greater, it's something greater for you. So you might have thought that this was what I wanted, Lord, and you rejected it. Or, Lord, these people said, oh, you're not worth it. It's not a good idea or it's not great. And you allowed it to be rejected, Lord, because on the other side of another door is something greater for you. It's something even better for you. So I encourage you to not lose hope. Yeah. I encourage you to keep your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ and allow him to continue to work in the background. Amen. Allow that rejection to take its process. Allow it to happen because it's something for your benefit and it's for your protection. Like I mentioned to you, the, psalm, the, the psalmist says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. If you can remember that, that the Lord is your shepherd and you lack nothing, then anything you ask for that you don't receive, he's done enough for you already by going to that cross for you. Yeah. And for bearing church, I want to thank you for, for this time. I want to thank you for allowing me to share this message that God has placed on my heart. And I, I tell you that this Sunday, as we celebrate the Lord's resurrection, amen, and we celebrate um, the death, burial, uh, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I encourage you to be here. I encourage you to come and join us and to just worship and give, give the Lord all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name, amen.